Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your snackable daily podcast for your pop culture fix. Hi, I'm Laura Brodnick and I'm Mamma Mia's entertainment editor. And I'm Key Reese. I work at Mamma Mia's social media agency called Social Squad and I am back, baby, after a Friday long weekend off. And I missed you, pal. I missed you too, buddy. Maybe just don't listen to the first little bit of that episode because I maybe alluded to our listeners that I had bumped you off to bring in someone who was a bit more batchy orientated but like glad you're back there's no need to go and listen to it and open that wound up all's fair in pot and war i say (laughs) i have news what's the hot gas i want more headlines all right on to the entertainment news headlines of the day starting with a good news story about our pal and fellow queenslander chappelle corby I'm in Queensland and it's sunny. I have the palm trees behind me. Yes, I know you're a hardcore Chappelle fan and her favourite Instagram follower. So you <laughs> and everyone else will be happy to know that Chappelle Corby has signed on to her first reality TV role. She's joining a bit of an all-star cast there. So you've got Merrick Watts, retired Iron Woman Candace Warner, rugby star Nick Cummings, and also of Batchy fame. But I feel like they've just cut that right out of there. And obviously PR queen and friend of the pod, Roxy Jasenko. Basically, they're going to be dropped in the middle of nowhere and they're going to go through a series of physical and psychological tests from real people from the SAS Australia, which is the special air service. Basically, they're going to kind of break them down on TV through physical endurance, sleep deprivation and all this testing and just pretty much break them down for our entertainment, which is the basis of all reality TV. All right, well, from one Aussie icon to another, Delta Goodrum. She shared her story behind her new song, Paralyzed, which is quite the banger, I might add, and how it's linked to an intense health battle that she has revealed for the first time. So she posted an IGTV video to her Instagram yesterday and revealed that in October 2018, she had surgery to remove her salivary gland at St. Vincent's Hospital in Sydney, but that when she woke up from the surgery, she found that she had paralysis of a nerve in her tongue, leaving her unable to speak clearly let alone sing. I'm taking this as like a rebirth thing. Don't want to go out. I'm super embarrassed. I'm just over it. My livelihood is my sound. I have escaped and I am looking at the view in the hospital. Maybe I just have to work a bit harder at talking better. Can't speak now, won't shut up. Yeah, the video footage of that was so confronting, just seeing how much that had affected her. So the nerve in her tongue was shot and she didn't have full function of her tongue, making it really impossible for her to speak. So she ended up going to speech therapy every day for a year to get better. And it was much harder, she said, than she had ever anticipated. But that during that process, she ended up writing her sixth album as she slowly regained her speech. She said that she was waiting for the right time 
time to really be able to talk about it and releasing the song she wanted to provide that context and really highlight the fact that you never really know what's going on with people behind closed doors and that's something we really need to remember during this tough time especially. Oh yeah absolutely and I have so much respect for the fact that Delta Goodrum is always so open about sharing those behind the scenes moments of her life and also that added pressure that she has to go through these big life and health moments so publicly. So yeah I just think it was so not I mean yes brave but just so generous of her I guess is the word to kind of share the story behind this new album. Well we've got a bit of a trifecta of Aussie stars today. We've had the announcement that Aussie actress Elizabeth Debicki will play Princess Diana in the final two seasons of Netflix series The Crown. I'm embarrassed to say I hadn't heard of her before this. Laura Brodnick, please don't hate me. I mean, hate's a strong word. I was about to say, we talked about her on the podcast the other day, but it was when you were away, we talked to Claire Stevens and I talked about it, a big interview that she'd done talking about why she had to go overseas to kind of become a real actress. Oh, this is and her. take it seriously. Yes, that's her. Oh my God, are we celebrating this or not? Because she kind of said that we suck. <laughs> well, I mean, she said she had to go overseas because people take it more seriously over there and she's had this run of really amazing projects, so maybe that's true. So mm-hmm. for anyone else, like Key who wouldn't know her you probably have seen her work but she's been in shows like The Night Manager and The Kettering Incident The Great Gatsby was kind of her big breakout role since then she's been in Guardians of the Galaxy this casting announcement has been met with a lot of really positive energy people feel like she has such a physical resemblance to Diana and even though she's Australian there's still been a lot of support for the role. I mean, when you look at her just on looks alone, Elizabeth is clearly going to be a favourite just because of how similar they look. Yes, but also we saw that with Naomi Watts, the other Australian actress who has played Princess Diana on the big screen, and that didn't really end well for her. The reviews were terrible. So I feel like going going back to that last episode, we talked about the fact that Princess Diana is so much of a cursed role because no actress has been able to step into that role and really do it justice in a way that the public really embraces it. So will Elizabeth to Becky be the first? I don't know, maybe. Stay tuned for the last two seasons of The Crown. Well, for the past two weeks, singer Miley Cyrus has teased a new era in her music coming, and on Friday she finally released her new song and video for Midnight Sky. That same day, she sat down for a chat with Alex Cooper on Barstool Sports Call Her Daddy podcast and what people are calling her most honest interview yet. So in it, she delved into her very public split from Liam Hemsworth and how she has been exploring her sexuality. It felt really intentional that she chose to sit down with Call Her Daddy for this full-length interview. Oh, absolutely. And she's they, they both start off, Miley and Alex Cooper, who is known as a very kind of no-filter, no-holds-barred podcast, very sex-positive. And so I thought it was interesting that at the beginning of the interview, Miley talks about the fact that she chose to do just kind of one really big long-form interview and she chose this podcast because she feels almost betrayed or abandoned by mainstream media because she feels like her words have been twisted and she's been censored in the past and she doesn't want that to happen here. Yeah, and I also feel like there's this element of really controlling her narrative. She said that the song Midnight Sky was partly inspired by the negative attention she received after she broke up with Liam Hemsworth and how she really wasn't in control of her narrative. And I feel like that's coming out in her music and also coming out in the way that she's marketing herself and her music by making intentional choices with who she does and doesn't sit down with. And kind of talking about that bad reaction, I mean, I I had really picked up on it at that time where she had her split from Liam Hemsworth and there was that whole 
negative press information about her moving on with Caitlin Carter. And she brings up in the interview that she really felt that negative pushback and she was made to really feel like the villain, not just from the media, but from her fans. And then I loved how she said she went and looked at news coverage of like George Clooney and Leonardo DiCaprio and all these male stars. And she's like, I went and read about them and they're like, you know, just like having a new girl and a new relationship in the headlines one after the other. And she was like really shocked that she was getting kind of tarred with this villainous brush because of that. So she was trying to play both sides of it almost saying that she was aware of the criticism, but she also wasn't letting it bother her. But I think that she was much more upset about this kind of villain tag that's been put on her than she let on. And I like the way that she points out the hypocrisy and how media covers it. And I think even coming out of this interview, we've seen the double standard of how they've reported on it. I think a really good example of this is how she spoke about her virginity. The first time I ever hooked up with anyone was with the girl. Was a girl. Two of them. Okay, and then when did you hook up with a guy? Well, I didn't go all the way with the dude. I was 16. It wasn't Nick Jonas. It wasn't Nick Jonas, (laughs) but I ended up marrying the guy. Oh my God. So that's pretty crazy. So that's the first guy you hooked up with. Yeah, which I lied and said that he wasn't the first, so I didn't seem like a loser. Then when I was like 24, I had to say that I lied when I was You're like, so that was a full-blown lie. It was a lie that I held on to for like 10 years. Wow. So it's interesting that this has been a headline dominating the coverage from that interview. When you think about all of the really great sex-positive points she's made, talking about, you know, the evolution of her career... And of course, it's going to make headlines. She's basically confirming that Liam Hemsworth took her virginity. But what do you think? Do you think there's like a bit of an undercurrent of some of that Disney stigma that people really hone in on this fact coming out of this interview? Oh, absolutely. And it was so telling that that was the headline across the entire weekend as soon as this interview dropped. Because the interesting side of that is not that she lost her virginity to Liam Hemsworth. The interesting side of that is that she said that she had sexual experiences with women before that. And yes. that was her preference, but yeah. she was too, no one else she knew was talking about that and she was too nervous to bring it up. So she still felt the need to lie to him and say that she'd been sexually active with men in the past because she didn't want that kind of virgin stigma attached to her in a way. And I think it was also really telling that Alex Cooper, the Call Her Daddy host, says, is it Nick Jonas? And I think she's not just saying that because, you know, there's been like relationships and stuff there in the past. It kind of made me think back to that Nick Jonas, Miley era, where a lot of those young stars, remember how they all used to wear purity rings? And that was a really kind of the thing that you said to media. Like it was very well accepted that that generation was almost pushing against kind of promiscuous the generation before them was. So I think that kind of at the time was they were all very much talking about staying you know virgins until marriage and and kind of really embracing that public purity and Miley was around then so I think that's why she felt that she was so shackled in what she could say then which is why she's being so open now. Well, there was an interesting part where she goes on to really talk about the type of person she looks for in a partner, whether that be sexually or in a relationship, and talks about this focus on quality, which I tend to agree with, you know, connecting with someone or dating someone or having sex with someone that brings something to the table is something that she really demands as she's getting older. But then she segues into her standards for who she'll date being more to do with lifestyle choices. One of the things that are really important to me in a relationship, I like people taking care of themselves. I think the way someone treats themselves is a reflection of the way that they'll treat you. So true. So I'm like super into like clean eating. I'm into people taking care of themselves. I now no longer look at like any sort of AA meetings because I myself have, I, I don't really want to help someone on their journey of addiction so much because I need to take care of my own self. Right, right, right. 
yes, this is why I found a little bit problematic. So I think when she's first talking, she talks about the fact that she kind of feels that she needs to be in a relationship with a more kind of karma is the word she uses. And she feels like she needs someone to calm her down. But then she's like, I feel like in relationships, people just bring this empty plate to her and she's always having to fill their plate up. And it's not just with the people she's in a romantic relationship with, but she's filling everyone's plate up. And so she's looking for something else. And I was listening to that and I was like, that's such a good way to put it. It's so interesting. And then she segues and she's like, the only people I'll date or have sex now have relationship is someone who really takes care of themselves. And someone who is sober, which I think that makes a lot of sense because she's talked about having to kind of stay away from substances. But she talked about someone who eats really clean, who exercises, who has a certain body type. And I mean, that's paraphrasing. That's what she was getting to. And I was like, let's just call this what it is. Like you'll only date someone thin and who you think is conventionally attractive, which is fine. But I hated that she fell into that trap of equating looking after yourself and equating being thin and wellness with like morality, like someone who looks after themselves. So someone who's hot, who's on, you know, who's physically attractive and therefore they're morally the person I want to be with. It made it feel awkward and weird by her not just saying to the point of what she wanted. But I think she could have phrased it in a better way too. Like I think that, you know, looking after yourself lifestyle wellness doesn't equate to health so I think when she's talking about lifestyle I think she wants someone who lives the same lifestyle as her and and she could have spoken about it in a different way I don't know it, it made me feel a little bit uncomfortable I know I felt the same way but then I also thought you know we also pull celebrities and people in um, the spotlight up for having this kind of cookie cutter list of answers that they churn out for interviews because they know that that's what we want to hear you know oh, I'm just attracted to someone's soul I don't care about their bodies or like what's the one thing you look for in a partner or oh, their sense of humor and it's like that's just not true for most of you you are looking for so someone true. that you think is physically hot so the other point is like she wanted to do an honest interview and people wanted honest answers from her so she and we're still not happy (laughs) I know we're still not happy and she gave a really honest answer so it's not the fact that her answer I think is not what upset me I think it was that fact that it was this like spotlight into what people in that industry and therefore people in our own world look for in a partner so but at least it's her honest opinion we've got to give her props where props due I guess well if you want to listen to the full interview we will pop the link in our show notes and it's a ripper try and watch it if you can because you get a little glimpse into Miley's house. Just a little spill in the tea for you. Thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. Have you been loving the new format of the show? Well, why don't you leave us a review? You can do that on your podcast app. You can give us one star. You can give us five stars, maybe three, whatever you want in between. We want your feedback that helps us make a better show and helps other people discover The Spill. This episode of The Spill was produced by Rach Hart. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye.